It's Film Friday, so you know what that means. It's episode two of Horrorween. This week, me and a special guest discover the horrors of being a woman in a male-driven society. We're watching Clock. It's going to be a good one. Hopefully. Hello, all you cinephiles, film nerds, and freaks and geeks of the movies and cinemas. Welcome, guys, to episode two, dos, de, of our Halloween special. That's right. This entire month of October, we are reviewing only horror films. My favorite genre when done well. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Welcome, guys. Uh, thank you so much. Hopefully you've been um, listening since the beginning and hopefully you enjoyed the first episode for Halloween uh, special. I do apologize uh, if it was a little. Um, what is that word from a technical aspect? That was that was our my first phone interview. So, yeah, well, you know, you know, technology. It's great and it's also bad. So anyway, that was my first one over Bluetooth. Anyways, I'm not going to make any excuses. You know, hey, thank you for listening. And and if it wasn't too bad, you know, let me know. Thanks. But this time uh, I have another special guest. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about in our post-production this week. We're talking about clock. C-L-O-C-K. Just in case that sounded like something else. Let's not get it confused here. So, yeah, we're talking about Clock today. That is a Hulu original that came out in 2023. Yeah. So this one was an an interesting film because it just kind of caught me and my special guest attention. There was no trailers that we that that we've seen about it it didn't have a theatrical release but it looked interesting from the poster that we saw and we just kind of played roulette to decide that this is the one we're going to watch so as usual this is the pre-production segment and yeah we're going to break down the, the the film oh i forgot to say that my name is jay starks i am the host of this Oh, man, this is going well, guys. So anyway, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into our pre-production segment here. So, per usual, this is the first part where we give you some brief description details about the film that we will be watching. And then, of course, for the post-production is going to be a breakdown of the different elements, the production design, sound design, costuming, acting, and we'll give our subjective viewpoint on what we felt about said film. So, if you're ready, let's get down to it. So, Clock, as I mentioned already, is a 91-minute drama horror thriller, according to IMDb Pro. IMDb Pro, if you want to uh, sponsor, feel free. I would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> but So, it was released uh, April 28th as a Hulu original. This one really caught our attention because normally you know you don't really get a lot of halloween releases until closer to halloween you know end of september early october and the fact that this came out in april 28th was interesting you know so once again that's one of the things that kind of grabbed our attention here so the log line that we have for clock a woman enrolls in a clinical trial 
to try and fix her seemingly broken biological clock after friends, family, and society pressures her to have children. Ain't that some shit? That logline in and of itself is horrific. Uh, just to, just to, <laughs> my special guest is a is a a male. So that's another thing that kind of grabbed our attention because, of course, we as males in society, we don't have that pressure. And just thinking about receiving that pressure from loved ones is kind of screwed up. It's a little horrifying to, to think about that. You know, if, if, if it's not enough stress on you already, now you have the people around you saying the same thing. What? Why would you do that? That's crazy. Anywho, so yeah, that's our log line. Let's go ahead and break down some of our key cast and crew here. So it looks like this was directed. Clock was directed by Alexis Jacknow. Jacknow. Hopefully uh, I pronounced that last name right. So yeah, and what's really cool is this was not only directed, but it was also written by Miss Alexis Jacknow. That is awesome. So as I mentioned, I a woman director which is fantastic i you know what what's sad to me is in our society and i'm not gonna you know get on my soapbox too long but in our society most of the films are directed by men but you know i gotta be completely honest with you i super enjoy women director films if that women directed <laughs> women directed films i you know i truly Honestly, and I'm not just saying that because I'm doing a podcast off the top of my head. I cannot think of a movie or film directed by a woman that I've absolutely like disliked or hated. That's being completely transparent and honest. Even Patty Jenkins, like the 1988 Wonder Woman, wasn't it wasn't my favorite, but I didn't hate the film. There are plenty like other superhero films that I hate. Um, but, um, or loathe, whatever the case may be, but yeah, so I'm really excited about this and you know, uh, it's 2023. So I'm super excited about the diversity we're seeing in Hollywood, having more women directors and it's just, it's just awesome, man. It's so awesome. Anywho, Miss Alexis Jack now is a director and writer that I'm not that familiar with. According to the IMDB, she has some stuff underneath her belt what's interesting to me is she did a lot of acting she has 15 acting credits and nine director now out of those nine director most of those are actually short films or something short so just to give you a little drop of what she's done before she did a short where she's a writer director called the one who brung you the one who brung you she did another, that was 2019. She did another short where she was just director called Again. And she's directed three uh, TV kind of things, it looks like. She did, a, she was director and writer for a TV series for one episode called Costume Change. Haven't heard of that one. It's a horror film. I am eagerly excited to go look at that, especially if I enjoy this film. It was even cooler, Clock was apparently a one episode i guess almost essentially like a short film kind of sort of uh it was directed in 2020 tv series 
written and directed by her. So my my thoughts are is that this was essentially a a POC, which is a proof of concept for anybody uh, who wanted to know what that POC is. And yeah, at season one, episode 15 clock. That's interesting. That is super duper duper interesting. I, you know, one of the things that I love doing after I watch a feature and I realize that it was based off of a proof of concept or a short film is often, especially if it's in that order, feature film and then short. Then I go back and watch the short to see what was retained from the original concept or or where that 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 spark of creativity came from and how it flowered into something bigger. I always think that's super interesting. Uh, like one of the the ones that definitely sticks out to me is David F. Sandberg, who I love. Like he has a YouTube channel. If you don't know him, he's the one who directed uh, what is that Shazam? But he also directed Lights Out, Annabelle, not the original Annabelle, one of the things Annabelle creation. But what was interesting to me is I watched Lights Out in the feature, the feature film capacity in the movie theater and. I was not super sold on it. There was a lot of things I didn't like about it. I thought it was okay. And I believe at the end of it, during the credits, it mentioned that it was based on a short called Lights Out, which shook me to the core. I was shooketh. So I went and Googled it and saw the short film, which is on his YouTube channel. And it was only like three damn minutes or something like that. And that short was freaking fantastic. It was amazing. And I watched it in broad daylight. And there's for those who haven't seen it, just look it up. David F. Sandberg, Lights Out, short film. Only three, five minutes, something like that. And he had his girlfriend at that time, or maybe wife, uh, Lota, I think is her name, was in it. She she acted in a majority of the stuff that he did. But those three minutes were fantastic. I was watching in broad daylight, and I got a little, like, scared. Not, you know, like, I jumped. <laughs> but... The short film to me was so much better than the feature film. So that's why I'm always interested in watching the short film that the previous uh, incarnation of that feature was. So anyway, getting back to clock. Sorry. <laughs> this marks her first feature film debut. That is cool, man. That is awesome. I love in case you haven't noticed me being a writer, director, actor, producer myself. I love watching like first films from from people is something that excites me it, it motivates me and it's also cool to see that this person where that the the impotence of their creative journey started that's super cool to me oh one last little thing about her she's like actor director uh similar to myself that's dope as hell anyway let's get back so yeah she this is her feature film debut oh man it's exciting as i was mentioning before she's the writer and director it was produced by lee leo excuse me leo name leo name it looks like he produced uh this one also the endless in 2017 and called jane so i'm not super familiar with his work either composer was steven oh i might mess his last name up i apologize Stephen Lukach, Lukak, Luchak, L-U-K-A-C-H. Apologize, people. Once again, I don't look up stuff about this because I don't want to to ruin it. So I apologize for butchering people's name. But that that is the composer for Clock here. It looks like he. Okay, so he was a composer for eighteen episodes of Sneaky Pete, which is a TV series. That's pretty cool. 
a composer for a movie called Meet Cute. I've heard of that, have not seen it. Uh, I thought it was like a romantic comedy, which is part of the reason I didn't watch it. Oh, um, and he was a composer for 2021's Wrong Turn. So that's pretty cool. So, yeah, familiar with a couple of those. So that's awesome, awesome, awesome. Steven Lukak. Uh, cinematographer is Martim Vian. V-I-A-N. Martim. Oh, that's a cool. It's, it's spelt M-A-R-T-I-M. So it's Martim or Martim. Either way, that's a dope-ass name. That's pretty cool. Um, cinematographer here. So, wow, he has a, a he has a lot of um, projects here. So, he's been doing it, doing it for a while. Looks like uh, one of the feature films that he produced, excuse me, that he was cinematographer for, the latest one before Clock was Alone. Um, I haven't seen... Yeah, I haven't seen any of these that he's done. So, that will be interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen Young Hearts in 2020, Barbie's Kenny in 2019, Any Relationship in 2018, Social Animals Animals in 2018. So he's working. That man is working. Haven't seen him. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do with this. Uh, let's see. Our editor is Alexandra Amick or Amik. Uh, let's see. So editor, editor, editor for... The Wind Curious Matter Anthology. Well, that sounds kind of cool. I love anthologies. So I'm not super familiar with this editor. There's a lot of new names to me with this project, which I love because, once again, it's opening up doors and refreshing that creative bug and, and just giving you insights to stuff. You know, you keep watching the same thing by the same people. And some folks, some directors, some cinematographers, etc., have their like a signature, you know, so it's always cool and interesting to me to get some new blood in the mix, so to speak, or at least new to me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And last but not least for crew, our production designer is Christine Gibbler, Christine, Kristen Gibbler, excuse me. So, Chris, OK, so I've seen some I've heard and seen some of these movies. So Kristen, uh, assistant art director for Fast X silence is because yes there are 10 of those so anywho um indiana jones and the dial of destiny which is coming out i don't know they're on eight of those but uh they were the assistant art director for that assistant art director for fast nine time lapse a 2014 film oh art assistant oh they they've been moving up the ranks that's what i'm talking about Everything beautiful is far away. So props assistant. So definitely very art direction. Oh, so they've done anything from onset dresser to assistant art director, props assistant. Yeah, they've been moving. Oh, they did Fury assistant. No, they were art assistant for that one. So that's pretty cool, man. Pretty, pretty cool. So, yeah, that's where where our crew lat lat. Uh. So, yeah, that's where our crew lands. Let's look at some of our cast. Once again, I'm looking at a lot of this cast and a lot of these people are new to me, which once again, dialing up that excitement. Our lead who plays Ella is Diana Argon. Diana Argon. Let's see what you've been in. OK, so. OK, she was in The Family. She played Belle Blake. So have you seen Family? She was in that one. I am number four. She played Sarah Burlesque, Natalie. Glee, uh, 
Quinn Farabee, Sugar Mata. I have not watched Glee, so don't um please don't 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 at me. But yeah, okay, so a lot I haven't seen this actor, but I am familiar with a lot of the projects. In fact, I did see Oh man, oh it's just uh she was the Ralph Breaks the Internet news anchor. Okay. That's interesting. That is super duper interesting. I just said super duper. So yeah, uh, the family. I did watch that one. So I have to go back and after doing this and just ring my my bell. And I am number four, which was not a good movie, guys. Uh, she was in that one. She played Sarah for that one. Our second up, uh, Doctor. Let's see. Oh, Melora Hardin, who plays Doctor Elizabeth. Definitely seen this face before. Uh, so. In 17 again, Hannah Montana in the movie, 27 Dresses, The Office, Jan Levison. That's probably a big, big, big one for a lot of people who watched Office. So she was Jan Levison, which is where now it's like, oh, yep, that makes sense. That clicks. So, yeah, she's right. She's working, working, working. So, yeah, she's in that Little Red Riding Hood, The Short. Ooh, that sounds kind of interesting. Selfless, I've seen that one. She played Judy in Selfless. So, yeah, I've definitely seen her before. She was one of the few faces that kind of popped out. I did not watch Hannah Montana, the movie, guys, nor 27 Dresses. Not my cup of tea. <laughs> Jay Alley. Now, I do know this gentleman because he is an actor that really intrigues me. I like him. He was in Carnival Row. He was in Daredevil, the Netflix show. He played Ray Nadim. So he was the the... I believe he was the FBI agent in that in that series. And he was in there for 13 episodes. So if you saw him, he had tall, dark and handsome kind of features. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. And he was in Magnum P.I., the short lived <laughs> TV series reboot that they did. So, yeah, Jay Ali, I really like his his work. He stays busy as well. He was in the Purge TV series, Carnival Row. I really liked this performance, the Fosters. I really did like his performance in Daredevil, but everybody in the Daredevil series was amazing. So, you know, can't really go wrong with that. So, yeah, that kind of uh, rounds out our our top build. That's our top three. So our top build cast for this particular feature. So we're going to take a break. As usual, we'll come back and we'll give our post-production breakdown. I'm excited about this. We have a feature film debut from Miss Alexis Jack now called Clock. Stay tuned, guys. We'll have our breakdown post-production segment coming up soon. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening in on the first pre-production segment for Clock for this week's episode of Flicks and Scripts with Jay Starks. Thank you. Um, I just wanna I just wanna take the time right now to say thank you if you've listened to this episode so far and especially if you've listened to any of the previous episodes. This has been a lot of fun. I'm growing and learning a lot and hopefully um you're enjoying yourself i'm enjoying myself talking about films because i love it you know uh give you a little teaser for next week per usual next week i'm i know i say it all the time about being excited but i love film in case you cannot tell and for those who know me you know that i this is i live and breathe it you know uh so next week we're going to be watching and reviewing 
there's something wrong with the children. Yeah, I, I've had my eye on this one for a month or two when I, if not longer, and I knew that this was one of said films that I wanted to review specifically for this month, aka Horrorween. So yeah, that's going to be next week's episode. So do me a favor, like, subscribe, share, rate it five stars, you know, tell your people about it and tune in next week. Coming up next is our post-production segment. Thank you so much for listening in on the breakdown for Clock. Once again, this is Jay Starks with Flicks and Scripts. I said that backwards, didn't I? Flicks and Scripts with Jay Starks, that thing, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the pre-production segment for Clock for this week. Uh, this is our second episode for Horrorween, as we're calling it here at Flicks and Scripts. Um, we, I greatly appreciate you listening. And if you listen to all of September, and especially this one, this has been a lot of fun watching all these horror movies back to back. But since this is number two for the month of Horrorween, I brought another special guest. Guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, movie fiction idols, film nerds, etc. Please welcome a, a friend of mine, Ruck. Hey, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. I am actually excited about this. Um, to give this podcast heard of great things. And, you know, happy to jump in. So thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And yes, if y'all wondering, his name is Ruck. It's like a singular name like Cher. Just FYI. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. But um, yeah, so we've been friends for how long? How long? Have we, uh, <laughs> well, I guess the question is, how long? What do you call as friends? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, levels. I think really good friends. We've been friends for probably, let's see. I think probably like 10. Yeah, a decade or so. I think a decade. Something, that sounds about right. Yeah. So yeah, you, so yeah, yeah, we used to um, we actually worked together. So that's kind of how we met through a mutual friend of ours, um, and we worked together. Th- this this man is essentially like a brother to me, and he he um, always joked around. I used to joke around all the time, like he snuck in, man. Like <laughs> I felt like I became an adult. I'm like, okay, I need like three guy friends maybe, and then th- this guy just pops up. I'm like, okay. What about, what about me? <laughs> no, but yeah, no, he's real cool people. So yeah, appreciate you coming by, helping out on the podcast. Uh, I wanted to have him on because no, he's not a filmmaker, but I can't even recall how many movies we've fucking seen at this point in time. This is true. Yeah. Two, cheap Tuesdays, always a good time. Oh yeah, definitely. So, and typically the part of the reason for this podcast, of course, as you guys already know, they're listening. Um, we typically will watch, which I'm sure a lot of people do, but we'll watch a film and then by the time you get out, you're sitting on the, the, the pavement or in the middle of the street talking about it for 20, 30 minutes nonstop. Definitely had those nights for yeah. sure. And like, it's chilly, so you're shivering. It's like, I, you know, everybody kind of want to go home, but you're talking about the film, so yeah. Yeah, then you get that point where you're about to go home and somebody brings something else Somebody up, else. And it's like, <laughs> and then, oh, I'm back in there. I'm back in there. Yeah, you brought me back in. <laughs> But yeah, so um, so yeah, that's why I wanted to have, like I said, I planned for this uh, podcast to have not only filmmaker friends, but also people who just really love film, just to kind of, you know, mix it up, get a little fun and get their opinions of it. I, I mean, I know I nerd out, but that's because this is my career. This is my path. Um, this is my art. But I always like having other people around to have their opinions as well, too. So yeah. Anyway, welcome, uh, Ruck. And 
Do you have anything that you want to say before we get into our post-production um, segments? Let's see. You, so you don't really do like filmmaking per se. Um, nope. I just like watching movies. You just like watching movies. Is ooh. Before we get into post-production, is there a movie that you're looking forward to seeing that's coming out soon? Ah, uh, yes. I'm looking. I'm excited to see uh, Five Nights at Freddy. Five um, Oh, yeah, the Five Nights at Freddy movie. Yeah, this coming yes. out uh, this month. Uh, this is 2023, everybody, in case you listen to this in the future. But um, it's coming out, yeah, October, later on this month. Yes, so yeah. I'm excited about that. Uh, it's crazy. It started as a... a indie video game okay yeah, i was about to ask i thought it was a video game yeah okay and then it's like it's had multiple like the the lore of the of the video game is as deep as the nile is long so <laughs> it they have a whole bunch of stuff hopefully it does well so it can become a series like an actual like you know like like saw or halloween and kind of really build the lore because it's yeah crazy so i'm excited Wait, to see so, that so you're hoping that it's 10 of these films because you know they're coming out with saw 10 do you know how many finance videos are no how many it's like eight Oh shit! That's just the, that's just the games, and they have books. That's crazy. I had so it had, and it's all by this lore is by one man that made awesome. everything. So it it's anything's possible. Now, Kevin Garnett is that person? Uh, is the person um, the creator of the video game? Is he? Do you know what level he's involved in on the movie? Is he a producer, director, anything? I know that he definitely has very hands on this film. Okay. Um, it, Anything he does is very hands-on. Okay. Like he, he wouldn't be... Granted, I don't know the fact, but just as Alice is gone for the movies and the books, he doesn't let anything just... Okay. Smiles do it. So a little quality to control. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I, I've never played the game, but I Neither know have I. of the, the game. Part. And I saw the uh, poster when I left a movie theater a couple of times. I was like, oh, they made, they made a movie out of this. So yeah, okay. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe we might go catch that one and then we'll have you back. On a oh, later I, episode. I, I love so, that. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. All righty. Thank you, guys. Welcome to the post-production segment for Clock, as seen on Hulu. Hulu's Clock. Man. Um, so this is your first time, Ruck. So Ruck is back with me, as as promised, in the intermission. And... Uh, so what we what we normally do here is we're going to do a quick little breakdown of our production design, um, sound, so how it looks, the feel of the world, was it believable, did it fit the characters, what about the color palette, anything that's kind of stuck out. Then we'll also hit sound design as well, how it, you know, was it creepy, D did it add to the mood and the atmosphere. We can touch on a little bit of lighting, which is just our cinematography, any ca cool camera things that you might have seen or thought were weird and costuming which is part of the art as, as well so how did the costume and makeup look on the people and then after that so we kind of go glance across that and then last but not least we normally end with acting and story because typically story and talking about it lasts the longest so gotcha gotcha, gotcha. yeah Sounds all right good. all right so let's uh let's normally and i guess this is just kind of the thing i do i normally start with production design because since okay. you know i do art department on things so it's one of the things that i really gravitate to so from art design from production design standpoint what did you think about it so our character what was her name i forgot her name that fast damn that's a good question oh man i'm <laughs> slacking y'all okay i'll come up i'll figure out that name um so yeah what did you think about the 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 production design anything that stuck out to you it definitely i would say for the, that half of the production design it definitely 
pays homage to the story and the background of the main character. Uh, main character, she's a architect and a home interior designer, mm. and you see that in oh, almost Ella. sorry Ella. Ella. That was the name. Okay, yeah. In Ella. almost every Ella, you see in almost every building they're in, there is some architectural from the like a modernistic from her, contemporary from her from her home mm. from the place where she had the had the uh, procedure and the, and the the hospital yeah. I would say to her even her dad's interior of his home like you saw that they Ooh, that's made point. a intri like intricate way to put things in certain places that, yeah that's a good point um that you brought up yeah um like you were saying her character being that interior I, we guess that she's like interior designer and what have you they yes. didn't necessarily spell it out but that's the assumption right yeah and um yeah you're right like i loved i, I know like i haven't bought a house yet but those contemporary like you know flat roof long door glass i love that like that's that's the dream house kind of sort of yeah and they had that design and i really loved i guess it was her study her den or what have you with yeah. the shelving on the wall i thought that was beautiful and the look of the wood because it would be really shitty like if she was a interior designer or whatever and then like her house looked like shit <laughs> exactly exactly it's like why are you sure you're good? Yeah, that would not be believable at all. Exactly. So, no, yeah, I really, and, and I like what you, you pointed out was that their house, her and her husband, Dr. Patel, has this very modernistic, contemporary feel where it's very, it's, it's the, the new the age. New age, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, you're, you're right. When um, she went back to see her dad, he had that older home feel, like, what it'll feel like going to, you know, grandma, granddad's house. Exactly. Kind of and exactly. that separates the two worlds. Too. And, and, it, and it has like, we'll get into the story with that part, but it has two sexes, that, uh, two sides to it, the coin. Mm. First coin inside is what you said. Mm. He's the dad, granddad. He's the dad, older gentleman, old house. Makes sense. Yeah. But also his mentality of how he sees the past. Oh, yeah, also that's a good point. That. But we can go into that until Ooh, we talk yeah, about that. Yeah, that's nice. I didn't think about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's about to get juicy, folks. But, yeah, that was cool. And then um, you also mentioned production design from the the hospital state. Hospital clinic, clinic. Clinic. Yeah. Say clinic. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. It's from the clinic that she visited. I loved that because it had this clean feel without it being just pure white and white walls. And exactly. even um, I noticed, like, when we were watching it, the room that Ella was staying in, it, it was a little jarring and awkward or weird for me was because she was in that all white room yeah, with no windows. Mm -hmm. And it was so dope to me that the, the wall or whatever had these vertical striations that essentially looked akin to a jail cell. So I feel as though she was almost trapped inside this facility, you know? Exactly. But it was also like it had the brightness and the cleanliness that would make you think that everything is safe. But it exactly. had this. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I, I agree. And I like like you mentioned, I didn't even think about the grandfather until you mentioned that. So, yeah, the production design on this was fantastic, in my opinion, even in the clinic when she it had that new age, long glass windows, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not even going to let's oh, this color palette was freaking beautiful man like these 
So, of, of course, it has to do with this film having to do with fertility. It's called clock because that's due with the woman's biological clock. So you had these these natural browns. Um, so that nature kind of feel. But I really loved the blush almost like the pink champagne blush looks that they had, mm-hmm. which had this feminine quality, so to speak, for like, you know what I mean? If that makes exactly. sense. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like you said. The color palette they had was a lot of, I won't say it's pastel, just mute colors. Yeah, They're very yeah. muted. Yeah. There wasn't, but when they wanted to go bright, they did go bright. And it, but I feel like when bright, when you saw bright colors in the in this movie, they meant something. It yeah. wasn't just there. Because I thought a lot of stuff was very minute, mute colors. And you, when you see the brightness, it pops and you, yeah. it really catches your eye and brings it to like, say, it was done for a reason. It's there for a reason. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I really, I dug, dug. Is that a? That's a thing. Yeah, that's a word. I dug the production design, the color, man. It was beautifully done. Beautifully done. Agreed. Um, so let's um let's jump on to uh let let's you know it's a horror film. So what about our sound design? Is there anything like for me? There wasn't anything that stuck out too egregiously, which is interesting. And I mean this in a good way, because by being a horror film, I feel as though sometimes some horror films are a little too heavy handed on the sound design where it's trying too hard to to put you into that mood or into that, you know, that 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 thought pattern, you know? Yeah. And I think the reason why that one, because this is not a when you when you hope people watch this because I really enjoyed this movie, Mm. uh, I feel that like most horror movies, quote unquote, they're more like you think of like slashers. You think of ones that the sound is really thought about, like iconic sounds in your face, Freddy, the shrieks and the Jason, loud noises. You, you hear that. You hear this door slam creaking mm-hmm. to to build the the suspense. Yeah. But with this, this is more based. I I was I would say it's closer to being grounded in real life. A, a bit more where, psychological. Yeah, and horror. you don't. And I feel like when it's psychological, granted. Well, yeah, I'll say in psychological horror, you, it's more about the dialogue mm. and actual conversation that can build the story. The ship. Yeah. And when it do, and like this one does really good when it when it when it has the oh, keep going sound, but yeah, so the sound there you don't hear like there's no old houses you don't hear creaking or anything. Yeah, there is no even when the horror aspects came up, I don't there wasn't that much sound built up to it. It yeah, was just it, it was just there. Out. Yeah, yeah. I feel, for lack of a better term, I feel like it was very clean. Like, I, I know I said that about the production design, but I feel, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. It's, it wasn't overbearing. It wasn't, and like you said, like you watch a horror movie, and when some scary shit's about to happen, you hear the, or the horns or the strings. Yes, it, it builds. And this one was just about building the world and suspense and everything. But once again, I think that is one of the cool things things about a really in my opinion a really great movie with brilliant sound design does not call attention to said sound design even in a horror film which is the reason why i think a lot of horror films kind of suck because they are heavy-handed with the strings or the, the the brass or whatever the hell that they're doing to try to fake you into being scared instead of just letting you settle into that world you know what i mean yeah so yeah i i agree uh because yeah the the I guess the jump scares that did occur, I don't recall like the the heavy hit or anything like that. It was just exactly. a freaky fucking moment. Exactly. Because like, so the main thing, like 
This one, I think, it had a couple of scary moments, and, mm. and the scary moments were being losing, being pregnant, not being pregnant. Yeah, the entity that was yeah. the. I feel as though they were earned. Yes, they, they weren't. When when they pop, when the scary parts pop up, it's like they the build is not by sound. It's just it just it builds into a natural the, movement. Because like oh, you know what but no, but know what they do? What's I just feel they're sound is when the clocks is the ticking oh yes because they've had because yeah. every time that it's that part which yeah the, the the motif of this is the clock which yeah because which makes sense because it is called clock exactly. a biological clock and i didn't think about that until you just said that yeah that's a great point so yeah their sound design did incorporate a lot of clocks mm-hmm. yeah which and that was the building yeah 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 so yeah that was yeah that was fucking amazing too so yeah sound design gets a fantastic and you already mentioned it and we'll get further into it like you said i really did enjoy there was nothing about this um so we're, we're talking about it and they showed this delicious plate of fucking salmon like that shit was beautiful whoever by the way since we're in the 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 we kind of we talked about production design but then we kind of skipped over like the props and shit yeah. of that nature the props that were in here like the salmon the food prop that looked fucking amazing and Mm -hmm. the props in the beginning with the egg at the party like everything was well done and what i love about this is how everything was connected and we we ended up right before we press and play on this record we were thinking like oh shit shit's connecting and that is amazing for a horror film because sometimes I feel as though they're just kind of throwing shit together. You Throw know? at the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, so we talked a little bit about sound design, our production design. Um, what about cinematography? I and that's with like cameras too. Yeah, right? the lighting. So lighting, camera movements. Like I love one of the things that really um, gets an awesome reaction to me is the lighting of people of color because it can be a little bit difficult and I don't think everybody likes people of color in the correct manner. That's flattering. That looks good, you know? Yeah. And like Patel, excuse me, Dr. Patel, uh, the husband played by Jay Ali. Mm-hmm. Every time he was lit, it looked good. Yeah. Like the, the bedroom scene between the two of them, it was fantastic. He didn't get lost in the, in the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. And, even though it was a horror film and you're talking about darkness, even though it was a horror film, what I really like about this personally is that it wasn't ba- the whole thing wasn't bathed in dark. Like we talked about the hospital being this clean white brightness yes. and the doctor's office being, you know, bright window, open expanse. And most horror films just choose to be as dark as possible to kind of sort of, I don't know, make you want to lean in. So that way the jump scare works kind of sort of, but I exactly. do find for me, the horror films that take place that are brightly lit, I tend to like those a little bit better. I don't know. That that's just me. Like, and I feel as though like you were talking about earning it. Like, it's more is well earned because you're not relying on darkness. Exactly. For your, your scare. Because a lot of some of these scares in this movie, when it does, how I guess you can you can say jump scares. Mm-hmm. I think only like one or two were in dark. The rest were like it was broad daylight. Yeah. It yeah, worked. in fact, I can't remember the one that's in darkness, but you're you're probably absolutely right. Yeah, I felt it, like the majority might, of them it might be just one. I think I think only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like what you said, like with that one, and then also the the camera angles 
where like you can when it's suspenseful mm-hmm. and the they want to use shading mm-hmm. they use it very well yeah because they'll and and like this there's a part in the, in the movie where she first sees the i guess her three icons or three um oh yeah pieces and also sorry to interrupt yeah. those fucking gold cards that they use for that fucking sexy man i know it's something so simple but like from a person who loves like production design it, like that those little card props was dope and it sounded like they were either a they added the sound design to make them sound like they're metal or they were metal if they're metal i don't it's something that's so fucking simple but it was so dope and it yes. almost was like a a roar shark. Uh, I was just I was just gonna say that like yeah. that it, it it's it's a a very cla- a very nice classic thing but done modernly. That yeah they put their own twist on it exactly. Yeah. But once again that goes back to that world building kind of deal. Yeah, making everything. Brain, yes, yeah. brain is like it's because like I says some movies you get to you can't tell where they where they fall into the decades. Yeah, this one you can. It's it's I would say it's based in the two thousands. Yeah. Where we are now, twenty like the 2020s mm-hmm. for sure, because it it's like I said, everything for the most part is based in realism. Like I can see all this could happen in real life. Yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah. So all right, what else? So we talked about that, and I'm pretty sure some of these might touch up again yeah. by the time we get into the next section. But yeah, was there something else before about we the, get into story and acting? I want you to the talk about the, ca- the, the cameras. Oh yeah, camera okay. angles yeah. and everything, because they like I said, this is a like Netflix original, Prime original, this is a Hulu original. So yeah. Hulu is the budget for this. Mm. Most time when I see a a streaming service has a original, yeah. it's usually not that good. But I'll the camera that. angles they use, they use everything. They use pan, we, uh, high camera angle panning down to the tree line. They use a tunnel panning. They did a ton. They did a, a visual from inside the car panning around oh, yeah, showing that, that 360 yes yeah. and it's like they did that in um there's a shot like th- that akin to like the the first time i really remember seeing a shot like that was in children of men mm-hmm. um when the bomb was if y'all haven't seen that that movie or you're not interested in it look that up and look up the car scene but they do a 360 in the fucking car just like that but it's all kind of shit happening it's a fucking dope ass sequence and they're doing it while driving yeah and now the Children of Men sequence was a lot harder than this one because nobody was in the car. But the Children of Men, um, and have you seen Children of Men? No. Okay. What was cool about that? Like I said, just look it up. Like you can see because there's actors in all the seats, and the actors were literally like pushing their seats back, reclining just so the camera can move around. It's crazy. But yeah, so that Children of Men, I don't know. That's what I'm called. Children of Men shot that 360 interior car was really, really dope. Yeah. And like I said, the shot, other shots of the show that I really liked. Um, there's a part in the movie where, where she's talking to the therapist, psychiatrist, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call her, and you see a slight incline on the psychiatrist seat. Yeah. That shows dominance oh, into the yeah, shot yeah, compared yeah. to our Ella, who's the main character. Yeah. Because it's like it, she's, she's dominant. She's the, the aggressor. She's the one that is has the path that Ella want, that well Ella thinks she wants to get to. Yeah, she has the power in that scene. Yeah. yeah. And they also had a pretty dope corkscrew shot in here as well to a 360. I think it might have went 450. The corkscrew when they pushed in and everything went around. Yeah. That was really cool as well too. So yeah. Oh, if you got and we and the um the what's it called? The not the war chamber, but the um Oh, the the 
deprivation chamber shot. That shot, I've seen the shot before. Yeah, but it's just it's it's a really good shot. That yeah, it doesn't get old. Yeah, are you talking about like the God's Eye kind of sort of yes. top down? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. that was dope. Yeah, yeah, the camera work in here was not. And once again, this is one of those things as well too. When camera work feels clunky, it kind of takes you out. But I do feel as though the camera work worked for the story. Like we were talking about the Children of Men 360 shot. If that shot was just done just because, then it would have been like too fucking much. But what I loved about that was that they were telling the story of um, Dr. Patel. So they, they showed him carrying her her presentation models or whatever to the car. So the reason for the 360 pan was to show that he is seeing her off to go do her design thing. And then the very next shot was, um, and then it continues. And then, you know, they say, bye, good luck, kiss, kiss, kiss. And then the very next sequence is her on the phone saying that she's not showing up to the thing. So that 360 shot was done for a reason. And I thought that was, that's the important part. If they just do it just because you can do it, then it's, it's unnecessary. It has to lend itself to the story. So, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, this, yeah, the camera work was brilliant. The lighting was brilliant. Like I, I know I'm going back to it, but that the 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 room that she was in with the wall, like the corrugated wall, and the shadows that it creates, because nothing is more boring than a plain white wall. Yes. So the trick is how do you create shadows and depth with the lighting and with texture? And I think they did a great job for that. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so I think you got any other technical stuff before we get our little mini break here? No, that wasn't necessarily. All right, well here comes the best part, guys. This fucking movie. Let's talk about it. So this movie, you mentioned. Let's go. You mentioned it was a Hulu original. Hulu. I got to be honest, I'm right there with you. I've never been, like, Netflix originals, to me, are a little bit better than Hulu's. And But I think you're right about the the streaming, you know, originals are kind of, for the most part, are like, especially when it comes to the films, are yeah. like throwing spaghetti at a fucking wall. Yeah, their the series are pretty good, yeah. I'll say. But when it, when, it comes, like you said, when it comes to movies, I don't see many, especially horror. Like, horror is... yeah. It's hard to do a horror movie nowadays. Well, yeah, most horror fucking films suck. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely agree. This, I was pleasantly surprised. So, we went into this, no teaser, no trailer. Nope. There was an option to watch the trailer, but we, we just didn't. So, we literally didn't have any idea what was going on, aside from the one-sentence logline about the biological clock. And it was literally called Clock. But, man... Oh, speaking of clocks, the, I, I, sorry, I'm getting excited in my voice. I see. I love Let's go. the fucking motifs in this fucking film. Now, for people not listening or not familiar, so the motif would be a running gag, for lack of a better term, or a running visual thing. Normally, it's a visual that is called back upon that typically and should be adding to the story. And this one had a couple of good ones. You already mentioned the clock mm-hmm. that there's always there's some kind of ticking and there's a lot of clocks. There's a clock in our room. There's the mirror that shows the clock. There's the grandfather clock. There's a clock in the, the doctor's office. There's a sand. There's sand dials in the clock. There's in, sand dials in the in, man. in her in her office behind her when yes. she had the meeting. Yeah. It's so fucking dope, man. And then 
I just thought about this one. The in I guess the I guess the uh, thing they 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 what the fuck we call it? Well, the thing they put inside her, that's a gear. Yeah, so like a little cog. Yeah, cog into the clock that makes it move. Yeah, and I was like, so and then like within clocks you have your biological clock is ticking. Yeah, and then what that means eggs because women. There's a point where they can't have any eggs. There's a finite amount of eggs in a woman. Yes. At a certain point, they won't have no more. We saw eggs. We saw... Oh, yeah, the eggs. The eggs happened... Um, in the beginning in the very, to the end. The very beginning shot, I totally over-fucking-looked it. Like, she was eating deviled eggs with caviar. And caviar uh, is... Fish eggs. Yeah. So, it's eggs on top of eggs. And I don't think she enjoyed that first bite at first, originally. I want to say that she did. She bit into I, it because we were freaked out that she, she didn't she eat the did. whole fucking thing. I think she bit. I think it's because she she was hearing what they say in the background. Oh, because she was like these these motherfuckers. Shut oh, the hell up. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, the the motif there was the eggs. Anyway, anyway the baby shower. The baby shower, and they were at the baby shower. They had the eggs again for the caviar when we first met uh, the grandfather, with yes. her father. Yes, and the, and I think almost every time there are eggs. Or caviar eggs, it's a, there is a negative connotation of how she's not being a, a real a woman and mother. Yeah, I'd second that. Yeah, because the eggs, caviar eggs, at the, at the baby shower, oh, you you love kids. Yeah, caviar with Kinda her to father con- contradict where her mindset is. Yeah. Exactly, and in the end, she don't care about her eggs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, which. It's true because she wasn't interested in having kids. I think they said she was 37 or something. Yep. So she's not interested in having kids. So she don't care about her eggs like that. So yeah, that's a good point that I didn't even think about. And even like this kind of quasi-infinity sign that uh, represented the clinic. I love that design from a production design standpoint because I feel as though that serves a duality sense, right? Mm -hmm. To me. It does, of course, like Infinity Sign has a almost circular kind of deal, so egg-shaped. But then also by being Infinity, there's a continuous clock almost, maybe. I don't know. I feel as though the design was definitely chosen for a particular reason. Yes. And I, I don't know if that's what it was, but that's what I was feeling from that, seeing that. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like, and I think this movie might really have a... Might be good to watch double twice. Oh yeah, definitely. It might be rewatchable. Yeah. Because you can you find stuff later because oh wait dang because this was definitely you I'm not saying you have laughs about it but you definitely can it's a movie you can you know comment about and not miss stuff you know some movies you can't if you don't if you talk you don't miss something this one you can yeah. do that but then you go back and watch it again and see stuff you once everything the pieces aren't connecting yeah but with the story mm. it like I said it's based in reality. Women and their bodies are clock ticking, especially in our in our current society. Women and the millennials, they're not really they're, most a lot of them are about their about their careers. Yeah, not worry about getting kids. Not having kids like kids that, having yeah. later in life if they have if any. At all. Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of what she put because this woman right here, Ella, mm. after that baby shower, and she said she don't want kids. She living her best life. She uh, she was get, like, getting it in, it in. pasta, wine, tub, uh, adult, no. things. <laughs> adult things, cheeks. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it I was, was like, I was watching. I was like, this woman is like she's the to be the pinna, like the 
She could be a like a man. Like she has man tendencies. She she's a new age woman. Yes. yes. Or what would be typically historically considered to be man a man. Woman. Yeah, yeah. And like not saying she she's manly or anything like that. Like she just she's, what she like see she's she's getting she's getting sex from her husband. She yeah. is I'm going to get me a uh, spa. She's a crew woman that in magazines doing things. Yeah, yeah. She's a nice house. She is a husband that loves her. Like she is the pinnacle of her She's of her world in, in charge. Yeah, the new yeah, and yeah. What I like um, you said, new age woman. Yeah, Love that. I I like that you brought that up because when we talk about biological clock, like a couple of people said, like the first doc she saw said um saw excuse me the first doc she saw Doctor Weber was pretty much saying oh well you must be broken. And it was like, Wild. And I think both of us, both of our reaction, like that's some fucked up shit. Like I feel insulted by you saying that, and it, I'm not a woman. I, like how you call me broken? Yeah, and she was called broken. Even her dad called her broken as well, too. Essentially, in fewer or less terms, and her friends, like the friends. Well, her, her, her husband called her. She needs. She, she can't. She can't be fixed. fixed. Yeah. So everybody had this thing of. Something's essentially saying that she was broken because she didn't want to have kids. What yes. I what I really love about this and the fact that you brought that up was that this was written and directed by a woman, right? So that makes sense. Written, directed, and yeah, by Alexis Jacknow, which we talked about in the pre-segment section. But yeah, so I definitely feel as though this was a commentary. And it, man, this would be great. I kind of after watching this, we're like, man, we should have a woman here as well. Oh, too. we definitely like if like, we watch this again, dope. just because yeah. what we feel is nothing what they feel yeah. when it comes to this movie. Yeah, because we get squeamish because this this part of the movie where they have um, show a lot of pregnancies and wild pregnancies. So C sections, they show mm-hmm. vaginal births, they show. Um, Babies hanging from the umbilical cord. Right, that shit was crazy. And to us, but, but sorry to to, to yeah. interrupt the umbilical cord swinging baby. Yeah, what was it swinging like a fucking clock, clock. pendulum? Exactly. I was like, that shit's exactly. fucking the motifs exactly. in there is so fucking good, man, so good. Um, but yeah, so it, I feel as though it's definitely a commentary, and I could be wrong by Miss Alexis on what it means to be a woman. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, how that's changing. And how society, her dad, her husband, and all these people, because at the at the end, we find out that the husband pretty much was manipulating her and set her the fuck up to essentially go through all this bullshit. So he's manipulating how society and everybody's putting pressure on women to do this thing. And even as far as the biological clock, I'm not sure, but I'm willing to bet that that term was, you know, started by some fucking man. You know, that's pretty much saying you need to go have babies. You ain't got that much time because yes, there is a, a but I finite guess, number of eggs, and I think I think that came from the finite. I don't think a man did that. It's just like there there is a like I think you're naturally even like if it's like midlife well, crisis. Yeah, it's like a, a it's, it's, it's like a man's midlife crisis. You get a point where you get like I'm getting old. I need to do something. Get a buy a car. I need to buy something yeah. fast. But with a woman, like I that's like. You know, I think that actually the thing because oh, like, no, no, no. you get a, you get uh, yeah go ahead yeah no I agree that yeah it gets you, you know your birth chances of bad birth or whatever goes up as you get older I'm just saying the term in the way it's used typically I feel as though is more derogatory for lack of a better term like 
you know, you know, you got to get it. Your body, you ain't got, you ain't got that much time. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to, you know what I mean? And then like her, her character, everybody's saying, oh, your clock is broken. Your clock is broken. It's like, what? Maybe I don't have the fucking quote unquote clock. Like, I feel as though it was just the thing that was used for you better get pregnant now. You better make me an offspring or whatever. You know what I mean? I could be wrong, but that's what I feel as though that term is like, you're a woman. Why haven't you had kids yet? You know? Understandable. And I feel like this is that the argument like you brought up earlier, like just because I'm a woman don't mean I got to have kids or I want to have kids or I need to have kids or I got to fit into your, your box of what a woman is supposed to be or have. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I do want to talk about the, uh, I guess the tokens Mm. in the movie, the three tokens, um, one being the grandfather clock. Talk oh, about. you're talking about going back to the, um, back to the, tarot the cards. cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, not tarot cards. But, yeah. Um, the, so, in a part of the movie, they're the psychiatrist, the, uh, Simmons, mm-hmm. Dr. Simmons, she shows the, uh, I guess, the ink block cards. Yeah. And at this point, Ella's on the medication that they give Whatever her. Whatever the fuck they got her on. LSD, oh, acid, wild. something. I don't know. Yeah. So they had that on medicine. Supposed I'm pretty to, sure she did not read that fucking 50-page book before she said back, Wait, back to the 50-page book. They So, wait, let's go. Yeah, let's go back. Let's, we got to let everybody people know. So, okay. So, like we says, her, she goes to a doctor that her husband tells her about, hey, I want you to go see about your breast cancer. Her mother the first died. first doctor, Dr. Webber, uh-huh. Mother died of breast cancer the, at a very early age. Who I'm assuming is the gynecologist. Yeah, the OBGYN. Yes. Yeah. And she checked and said, hey, pretty much set the, set the seed in motion. If you want to, if you think you should have kids, you need to go see this special person that's working and doing some new age stuff when it comes to yeah. birthing. So the husband recommended Dr. Webber and Dr. Webber recommended Dr. Dr. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. So now she's here. Okay, so and she got the fifty-page booklet. Now think about this. I'm wait before we get that part. Think about this. If someone sends you to a test clinic of new age stuff, they give you a contract essentially that is thicker than the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, why look. At one point, she was taking pills before she even signed it. She didn't. Cause she doctor, flipped through when she flipped through it and was like this bitch look heavy like her arms got tired and hey, Dr. Simmons grabbed this shit don't, hey don't worry about this we and she, got you and she was like yeah just, just take just take two of these shit take up. two of the pills and she was like okay and then, and that's, then it starts ain't so, signed a damn thing they didn't read it was nothing. probably something in there that this this, this we cock are is not, gonna go we in your not. vagina but you well, fucked up well that was I'm sure it did because they don't even bring that up. They don't even bring that, that oh, no, part no. up. Yeah, All they bring up is just the pills the pill. and the she skated over and it and the and the um what's the thing called and the cog cognitive the CBT, the cognitive behavioral therapy. exactly. Yeah. So that happened. So then we're at that point. So then the, the um ink block cards. She looks at them. She gets three totems. First totem she gets is a tall woman. Tall as woman. Don't know how you see somebody tall when they're only six inches tall, but whatever. I think it, was, I think it had to do with the proportions. Like, like of she had what? long legs. She was on a co- she was like, on a card on a t- coffee table. Like if this six inch figurine was on the basketball court, it should be like Shaq size. I, I guess. I, I, I guess. The thing about. I, th- I think. I think the woman was taller than the grandfather clock they showed. Oh, You're that's right. true. Oh, yeah, yeah. You true, are true. right. You're yeah. right. So there was a tall I mean, woman. She, she was nine foot tall. 
at yes, least. This is true. Duncan. <laughs> Easy. Three sixties. <laughs> without 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 get without jump up the air. Oh, <laughs> uh, so the first total tall, slender, like slim think of slender man, but a woman. Yeah. Then there was uh a there was a cluster of dead insects, spiders. Spiders. Yeah. What I liked about that, this is going back to the whole setting things up. When she saw the spiders, she said specifically family of spiders. Yes. First she went dead bugs. Because I went like me family. having arachnophobia and I'm like, what you see? I saw this tall ass bitch. I seen a bunch of goddamn spiders and I don't fuck with that shit. And then this old ass grandfather clock. Exactly. But she's like, oh, it's a family of spiders. Yeah. And then the um, once she got all three of those things, the which is kind of interesting how the psychiatrist, she didn't question them in order she questioned them out of order because she said she saw the slender woman spiders clock mm. she went she diagnosed the spiders first then the clock then the, then the woman mm-hmm. um, she, of course she said the spiders holocaust dead bodies family mm-hmm. clock grandfather clock the what what did she use? That is the lineage. That is the yeah. Because the grandfather clock down. was the past a treasure from yeah exactly the old world. So and she said, I don't know the, who the hell this old woman is. Yeah. Slender mm-hmm. man out here. <laughs> <laughs> don't know who that is. She had no time for this slender bitch. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think watching it, I was a little confused, and I feel as though they incorporated it in a very natural way. And I got to be real with you that. Fucking Shaquille O'Neal motherfuckers scared the shit, the shit out of me. And what I liked about it, we talked about this when we were watching it, was that we were both in agreement. Like, okay, this is kind of cool. They're not showing the the twelve foot monster woman. And literally, while we were talking about it, the very next, like the this is one of the jump scares that happened was her being right next to the door. The window, the car window, because we were talking about like for us and you can let me know if you agree is that I personally do not like it when they show too much of the monster because our human brains, you know, from when we were caveman and blah, blah, blah. We fear our innate natural fear is stronger than anything that somebody can show us, you know, exactly. And we were talking about, yeah, okay, that's kind of cool. They don't show the monster because if it's whack, it's going to suck. And then the very next scene, they showed the old, the tall, tall lady right next to the window. So they showed her up close, but it was a well-deserved fucking scare. And it wasn't, once again, we talked about it for the sound design. It wasn't like, scary sex. It was just like some scary shit happened. It was Mm -hmm. earned. Exactly. And then we. Because it drew you in showing her what she like 20 feet away from the car and she just stood there. And that's what drew you in. Like, oh, this is fucking weird. This is creepy. And then next thing you know, yeah. Yeah, and they didn't, it wasn't no big scream or anything like that. It's just like she was just in the cyber and like, I'm here. And like I said, there's many things about this movie that, like that part of the movie where, so she goes to the clinic, mm-hmm. gets all the procedure done, and she starts hallucinating. Yeah. Seeing the woman. And it's not just hallucinating the woman in, in nothing. She's seeing things that are thought to be other things. Yeah. So, example, the he, when she's on the road, it's not just she's seeing the figure. She saw a man that looked like that was dread looking the figure. Oh yeah, the 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 delusional hallucination kind yeah, of, she sort had, of so yeah. that, so it's not just it's not just bad that she's hallucinating. She's delusional because she thinks things are other things. She's replacing things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that 
what we find out can be dangerous. Yeah. Well, and now that you bring that up, that's a great point because it definitely leaned into the unreliable narrator standpoint where you don't know what is real or what isn't real. And it was replacing things that ends up um, paying off essentially at the, the very end. It was her replacement of the things that then came to fruition at the end. Now I will say the, 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 the con that I have was the spiders. I don't feel as though that, came to fruition as much as the tall woman. So the tall woman essentially was a representation of, um, I guess like a buried memory of her grandmother. Um, like it was, it was a picture. It was a subconscious picture. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Because she didn't know she, she like it was, she didn't know who it was. It's probably a picture she looked at. So originally, yeah, Yeah. it was a a pictures in her dad's archives of pictures Mm. from her. Because, People know they know she's Jewish, mm. um, so her Jewish family came across from Germany from an area came to America. Um, like you said, I'm sure that picture was in the book, and you just flip it. Don't yeah. even worry, but just flip it, and you just and some tall ski lady. Or she saw it as a young young woman, and kind of just like exactly just, just yeah. the back of the mind yeah. exactly. And so so that happens. Um, we get to the point. So she's hallucinating now. So nothing we can lot lots of stuff we can't we see we can't believe yeah and so she, her seeing this tall woman and that you know what that makes sense not i'm not we're talking about it because especially if she saw when she was younger if you're younger and you see because she might have been tall or you know of a nice height but if you're a kid then everything looks even taller to you exactly it's you a know? picture so then you can't tell the p- actual p- depending how the proximity of the picture yeah she was we the like she finally saw the picture later on mm-hmm. down in the movie she found and he finds out where the picture that slender woman came from yeah it's her great great grandmother who was in concentration camps yeah but back to your thing you said that the, the spider was the, the spiders was not you weren't hitting on that yeah, it's the one because the hit, grandfather right. clock played off because that, that was like you said the the family heirloom essentially exactly. that they brought by, and then that even paid play, paid off even more towards the end mm-hmm. with all the, you know, the ticking of the clocks that yes. was building up and her frustration over the ticking clocks throughout the whole film mm-hmm. to the point that she attacked the clock, and yes. then the reveal is that she fucked her dad up like fucked him up mm-hmm. like taking um coils out and everything else and apparently the coils were not clock intestines. inner clock their intestines and like Crazy. she she fucked this guy up so that paid off but yes. the spider but that's got, the one but that you I'm gotta like, think about it. you you remember what she said her description of the spiders right no refresh my memory so when she the psychiatrist asked about the spiders first so mm-hmm. what you say family spider what does that even mean mm-hmm. and why are they dead she said oh because so again, we, oh, we you know th- th- there are small hints in the movie before this point I that she's that, Jewish. Yeah. We all know Jews had the Holocaust, and that's what she put it. She put out because she said that in the Holocaust, they killed families and put their dead bodies together and piled them together like insects. Exactly. But yeah, I got th- that. But then, but then that goes back into the Slender Woman because her grand great grandmother was that slender because she just got out of concentration camps. So she she survived out of it. Yeah. So that's where the the that that portion you get cuz you cuz again, if you don't go and find, tell her why she's so skinny and why she looks so weird, 
you never get back to that because of the, the Holocaust. I do like that it wasn't just a straightforward movie. There were layers to the straightforwardness. Yeah. Like, you, she just wasn't, like, she's just a woman that just don't want a kid and that's it. There are pieces of, like, oh, my best friend has kids, is about to have a kid. My, who's gay? My, uh, like, the whole father thing, which it builds in the father thing, but, like, there's a part, there's a subplot story of her friend wanting her to, because she's a world-renowned interior decorator. Mm. Her oh, friend wants to wants the nursery, and again, that's that's time, additional pressure, baby, exactly, yeah. and that's just nice layers, yeah. nice layers. And you, I think you're right. She definitely is white. Didn't oh, know that. Yeah, we're talking, she's right there. We're talking <laughs> Fee, Fee, who was um, Shauna's. Uh, so what I'm well, assuming Shauna, her significant other it has to be. Is why you said you look not like all she. she her last two shots I saw, I remember seeing Shauna. I was oh, not Shauna. Shauna's a significant other. I thought she was bilingual. Not by last name, um, right word. Biracial. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. You know, um, and I question. Mm. I know we go back to that. Why? I guess we talk about why do you think they chose the pills? One of the pill side effects is to be colors washed, washed out colors. See, that, that is one of the things that th- that is would be in this like you mentioned earlier would be maybe a second watch through because now so what what he's saying for those who may not have watched it is and what I actually loved about the edit is that slowly over time the colors became even more muted yes. throughout the entire film to the point, and it happens in such a slow progress that you don't really notice it until the last ending when she's like, take this gear out of out of me. And she like goes to her pliers and then it's like, oh shit, everything was a lot brighter and more, do you, you know, know. Do you know what it is? What's that? I think it's like depression. Oh, okay. You think it's like a visual representation of a depression? Yeah, like okay. you, like you're like, you, everything's, everything's washed out. You're not feeling like yourself. You're I can not, see that. And and it's funny even and when you say that we didn't notice until it, and they 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 turned the light switch back on with the t- pulling mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, contraception out is that they there's moments in the movie that she says she can't see color but we don't interpret that that it's the that whole world around us is changing yeah and see this is what we were talking about like pretty good dialogue because. She says that numerous times, but she has to see color because she's a fucking interior designer. Like she can't be an interior designer and be colorblind or not see. Exactly. Yeah. And see, this is one of the, like you mentioned already, this is one of those films that is definitely worth the second watch. I just think they did a lot of interesting, and by they, she did a lot of interesting stuff with this fucking film. Like she I was, did. I was definitely blown away and surprised by everything in this film. Yes, like it, now I will say the ending, that open-ended kind of ending, which I'm all about open-ended uh, films and everything else. I don't know how I feel like when she saw the the salamander or whatever the the thing was protecting the eggs after she jumps <laughs> off of the cliff, face first. Yeah, face first. Which we're like now, 
more likely she's dead. We're thinking she's dead because she was handcuffed and then she wasn't handcuffed. Yes. But also now is like, is that, does that mean that she, is that a visual, like the handcuffs and not being handcuffed? Is it that she's now free from the stress and the pressures of society? Because essentially, essentially her husband, Dr. Patel, put her into this situation. He did set the he appointment. He set up the appointment with Dr. Weber. And the thing was, we were going back to the, these little cookies, like we were watching it. And then she was like, yeah, my husband told me um, that I should probably go get, you know, my, my mother died of breast, can- breast cancer around this age. So my husband said I should go get checked. And my thought is like, you know this. Why does somebody have to tell you to go get um, an examination? But, what I, but, but, again, but it's because he was manipulating her. No, also, I told you that is because their, their standard roles are reversed. Yeah. She is the, she's the, the power. Yeah. She's, she's the power. He's the he's the more laid back version or the more I support you type of person when her like he never has a backbone to like the point where you find out he's he's a psycho. He now because like her, her her dad multiple times in the movie it really gets on her and he doesn't say a word. He's quiet. He don't say nothing. He only so you, almost you like think, they're playing with traditional gender roles. Exactly. In films. Exactly. Because I'm like. The first time it happened, I'm like, okay, it wasn't that bad. But the second time, yeah. he just shuts up. I'm like, bro, like as a as a man, I don't care who your dad is. If we're married, you're my wife now, and you have to protect your wife. But that's how I feel that they like the, the power is different with them. She, like, again, let's be honest. If there's a point in the movie where they don't have sex for over. A couple, well, almost a month. Two, three weeks, yeah. And because she was gone for ten days, and he, she was back. Two weeks. And she said something about yeah, two which, weeks. Yes. Oh, speaking of that, oh man. So we'll we'll, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll hold for that. We'll hold, but, bro, you can't tell. Like, like I get it. Women. Oh, I'm I'm tired. But really, you just three and a half weeks, almost a month, not doing it. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, so the dynamics differ in this movie, and it shows until the part where the the reveal happens, mm. um, but it, it, it is a crazy thought process. But like, it comes up to like she says it at a point where she finds out when a doctor calls her a second time and she has about side effects, mm. and she finds out that if she tells about these side effects, her whole process is over. They're stopping everything, mm. and the crazy part is that's what. That's and I think people might say in the movie, why didn't she just leave? Why didn't she just not go around? And it's like yeah. you have to think about the stress she's under with her 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 husband, her dad, her friends. Her friends. It's like I this is my last chance to have kids. Cause again, you're broken. You can't be fixed. Yeah. Uh the being a mother is what's natural and and hanging and continuing the family legacy because my assumption would be that she does not have a brother so there is no well, son well yeah that, i mean that's definitely that's to um to so, provide because typically a lot of times you would saw him by now he would have brought well, yeah but i mean like you know that that would be the idea like oh you're the son especially back in the olden days you know you're my son so you need to give me an heir or blah 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 so all of that is falling onto her yeah exactly and, and the thing he said he, he says damn she was tall 
juiced all the shit. But yeah, yeah, but she did say he did say when his her mother died that she won a lot of kids, but she couldn't because that's when they found out she had. I mean, you're 37. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I forgot about that. I mean, yeah, she has so, about five, six. And see, once again, that's one of those dialogue things that was dropped in there that you, I specifically kind of took for granted and then it was like oh nope there it is there exactly. it is exactly yeah. and the things like that it's like i get it i'm sure as a parent you want grandkids you want to uh, it's cool it's the best part of being uh, having kids you can just get back to your the real get back to the parents you can get <laughs> to the um but yeah so and then like we said just multiple times when she, there's eggs and stuff like that and like they they just put that symbols in here but this movie, like I said, its watchability is there. Um, the like, rewatchability is rewatch, also there. Re, yeah. Sorry, rewatchability is there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and like you said before, when it gets to there's there's gets a point where she, like I said, she goes to her dad, kills kills her dad. We at that point we don't know. We think she destroys the clock. Yeah. Because again, the building, of uh, the ticking, the tick 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 tick, building that suspense and that and that to me is what makes a good horror film. It's not about scary. It's about the world building, the suspense. And like you mentioned, there's there's just moments in here that were built in that just put you at unease. Like like you were talking about the, the baby with the um, umbilical cord. That's just unease. Like, you know what I mean? Just to imagine, because the stress that baby's going through, let alone, you know, her uterus or whatever the case may be. So it was yeah. all those moments that just created this anxiety-ridden world. Yeah. I cannot wait to see. I'm going to go look at the director, Miss Alexis, and see what else she's fucking done because this was so good. It really was. Like So, yeah. And you know what? Uh, guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, movie freaks and fictionados and film nerds, what do you think? Did you watch this film? If so, you know, just just message us. Uh, send us an email. Let let us know what you thought of it. You can uh, send an email at flicks and scripts at flips. So sorry, man. We're, we're going to take that out. Maybe I don't know. Flicks and scripts the podcast at gmail dot com. So yeah, give email me your opinion, or you can slide into the DMs on Instagram with flicks and scripts. Let us know if you haven't watched this. Go watch it. Please do. Go watch, and if you watched it the first time, watch the second time because probably I'm definitely probably going to watch this. I said definitely, probably, definitely, probably, no. more than likely, <laughs> will be watching this movie again just to see little tidbits that I missed. Exactly, this is so well done, man. I really appreciate this movie. Yeah, this, I got I got to be honest. This is probably one of my favorite horror films I've seen this year thus far. Yeah. I haven't seen another like this is right now. At first watch, this is up there like with It Follows and Hereditary. Like those are two of my, and you know what I mean? Like of the modern era, era, era or whatever, modern films. Those are two yep. of my favorite horror films. But the thing all three of these had in common was world building and suspense. It wasn't about jump scares and loud noises and fucking cats walking on pianos or jumping <laughs> at your face. It was just about telling a good story through visual, through the visual medium of production design, sound design, great yep. acting, and good dialogue. And the crazy part is the kill count was just two. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know. Right? I didn't even think about that. Was it, what? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, the first girl, well, three, but two were self-inflicted. 
Who's the other one? Oh, the, the chick who we, did we, the muscle we, up. We don't know who. We don't know if she died. Oh, she choked herself out with that. No, 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 that no. You talking about Ella? Oh, no, the Ella died. Oh, Ella. I'm, she could be hallucinating again. True, but you mentioned that the handcuffs were on, and then they this were off. This is true, but can we trust anything she sees? But you're just see unreliable narrator. There you go. I just know that two people definitely died. Now see. For sure. Before we end this, this is exactly why I wanted to do this podcast. Because of, so like, clearly, Rook is more optimistic, possibly. Than I, than I'm not saying know. that. I'm saying I can't trust anything she sees. No, yeah, you're right. But, but see, that's all thing I'm saying. The only yeah. thing I know I can say is someone else says something. Yeah. And the two things I know for sure, that first woman died and she killed her mom, her daddy. That's true. But see, this is Cold why I do. Bloody. <laughs> this is why I want to do this podcast because of, you know, the coming together. And you brought up a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't e- have even mentioned. So yeah, this is a good. This was a. This was a nice one, man. Um, any um last uh, thoughts? Concerns uh, about the the film please, that you please go watch it. And secondly, it's on the, hu- the husband right is the is the evilest person in the whole film. Oh yeah, he deserved to get his dick pricked. <laughs> Boy, I swear that was the wildest part ever. If, because if you haven't watched it, he he definitely gets his comeuppance. With that being said, but I he don't. gets his time to shine. His acting chops came out. What well, Jay Ali is a good fucking actor. But you man. didn't see that in the beginning because he was quiet, mute mouse the whole well, time. See, but I think and was, he turned that on. He, I was, that was, I part was of like, the point. I was, was like, he was. Who was this man that I? Over he was you? acting for the film and for Ella. Playing. Boy, yeah, but I think that was really him. Like, my but this is the weird part. No, I think he's that was... been this way for ten years. Yeah, mute, subdued, long fuse kind of guy, and then he just. Well, I think it's been building. Maybe that's the thing. But he, but again, he, he and but... he knows that her by a lot because I think he's a doctor. We don't know what kind of doctor. This is true. So maybe he knows, like you know, like Doctor Weber said that. The, bio, the quote unquote biological clock is ticking, so he knows he's not going to have a family. And and I feel I do feel as though because he even mentions that um, I told you before, as long as you, you're happy, then I'm happy. Then you know what I mean. So I do feel as though he's put. With that being said, he's putting the pressure on her as well too. Instead of saying yes, I want kids. Instead of like, but hey, you know what? He if does you don't want, want. If I, you don't want kids, I don't want kids. But we know that he does. He does want kids. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it, to me, it's like, bro, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, like we you know, like, so if you don't, if you don't want to have kids, this is that's in the rap. That should be in the conversation. I, yeah, and I think the 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 jacked up part about this, now that you're talking about that, is that she told him from the jump, and he's been with her for ten years. So if you knew you definitely wanted kids, don't get married to that. I'm not okay. I'm not trying to give relationship advice, but I feel as though but somebody he says did, he did I, say, hmm. but it's like weird because I feel like. He loves her a lot. I will say he does. Yeah. I think that he cares about her. Yes. I really think it... I, I, I would love to see where he came... Like, go back and love to see where he came up with the whole plot line. I know he said he, he met her at a convention, but it's like... You couldn't keep that this facade for 10 years. Without without other factors being. Well, see, this one thing. I think it's just getting. It's build. Maybe it's building. And he figured like, oh, it's she, my last she, chance. Yeah, she might change her mind. This is my last chance or whatever. Because he's getting. If she's thirty seven, he's getting older in the whole. Yeah, and then he might be getting pressure from other fucking people as well yeah, too. We never saw that doesn't mean he should manipulate the shit out of yes. her. Yes, and that's why his dick was pricked. I screamed.
like when it happened. And you know what? My last little thing that I want to say is good on Miss um, Alexis because there's not now. I don't know if it was a real, you know, Wang. Boy, it was. But come on, now. they don't show dudes. This ain't a porno, so they don't show dudes dongs any, you know, at they all. They don't at all. So I was and that's, not and, expecting and that. And that is a woman director. That's why it was dope. Yeah, it was dope as shit. So yeah, um, now I do say that I don't think his reaction would have been, my reaction would have been completely different. I would have been Michael Jackson, he, he, on the floor. Oh, you would have felt, crying. you would have felt. But I feel like, I think you would have grabbed it and pulled it out and, and look what it was first. I would have grabbed. Pulled. With two hands. Wow. This <laughs> And tried to hold all the blood that was leaking out as much as possible, because I would have been screaming. Sir, all the blood, blood in that area, so it's gonna come out. Sorry. I would have put a tourniquet around that bad boy. <laughs> I gotta go to surgery. Get the car right now. We gotta go. <laughs> no, Gosh, this is a good crazy. Film. Hey guys, um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Ruck, for stopping by. I appreciate it. And good man, you had some good points. And yeah, thank you guys for listening for rock with me this whole time uh last you know our last little thoughts are this was a great work of art you should go watch it and all of us no matter who you are has some kind of talent you know artistically or not but if it is art it doesn't matter how many people see it just go create art art is love i'll see you guys next week ciao